0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of The Step Back. This is an NBA podcast where I throw around a few thoughts about current events in the NBA, including trades, potential trades, and game highlights, and more. Um, I am a Rockets fan, so I am not going to start off every podcast by talking about the Rockets, but you'll probably hear a lot about the Rockets. Um, They were a team that obviously, if you follow the NBA at all, you know they started out very weak uh, this season, and they are Strengthening, they have won 9 of their last 10 games uh, thanks to uh, people that they have signed more recently, such as Austin Rivers, who they picked up from the Wizards. Um, Also, they have been playing guys like Daniel House, which they caught up from the G League. He has been giving them quality minutes as well. Austin Rivers, he was the one guy that I wanted to mention. He's played 3 games for the Rockets so far. I'm recording this on... December 31st at 2:45 p.m. He's played three games for the Rockets so far. He's scored 10 points in each of the three games, uh, giving them a little bit of that bench scoring boost. Now with Eric Gordon sitting out for tonight's game against the Grizzlies, he will be, uh, I'm presuming, in the starting lineup. And they have recalled Brandon Knight from the G League, where they have recently assigned him, and he will be running backup point guard, I suppose. Eric Gordon is an interesting one as well. He began the season a little uh, slowly, maybe you would say. And he has picked up in the starting lineup, though. And he has actually been playing very well. So it will be interesting to see what I would like to see them do, actually, when Chris Paul comes back, is keep Eric Gordon in the starting lineup and have Chris Paul run the second unit and come off the bench. He's getting a little older. I know they paid him a lot of money uh, in this offseason with his new contract. Uh, But I think that they are going to help themselves out more if they can give themselves a little bit of continuity by maybe having a point guard who can play all the time in Eric Gordon. Uh, He's not injured nearly as much as Chris Paul. So if they could play Eric Gordon in the starting lineup, that would give them a little bit of continuity uh, by giving them a point guard that can play pretty much all the time. Uh, Obviously, he's injured now, but that's, that's not the normal for him. And then they could run Chris Paul off the bench where he's not getting quite as many minutes. He could be maybe the primary scorer. Chris Paul has not scored the ball well this year. Uh, Maybe bringing him off the bench would make him the primary scorer of the second unit. And he would be playing less time, so it would be less likely that he would be injured. And if they come to the playoffs and they need Chris Paul a little bit more, then maybe he would be healthy and they could ramp up his minutes, possibly putting him back in the starting lineup if they need uh, to be to have a little bit more of a smarter point guard. I'm not saying that Eric Gordon is not a smart point guard. I'm simply saying that if they needed a little bit smarter of a point guard, they could pop Chris Paul back in the starting lineup. No problem. Everybody on the team knows how to play with him. Um, There was maybe some chemistry issues with him and Austin Rivers, but um, we'll see how that works out. They so far haven't played together at all yet, but we'll see how they mesh when Chris Paul comes back from injury. Uh, there was another interesting thing. Uh, the blurb that describes this podcast said that I uh, go over trades and potential trades. Uh, there is one potential—it's not a trade, but it's a signing—that I wondered if the Rockets could make to help with their depth issue. Recently, the Nuggets have waived Nick Young. That Nick Young played four games with the Nuggets, and um, recently he was waived by the Nuggets. And I wondered—I think the Rockets still have their mid-level exception which they could use to maybe sign Nick Young. I'm not sure how much of a help he would be. He played on the Championship Warriors uh, last year and helped them to a title, I guess. So uh, maybe that's one more uh, pickup that the Rockets could make um, while he's still available. I'm not sure how much help he would bring. Uh, The Rockets, I mean, maybe he could take some of House's minutes. House is still young. Nick has the playoff experience. Maybe it would help. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Like I said, these are just things I'm knocking around uh, because it's interesting. Uh, Moving to another team in the West, the Lakers uh, have played three games now without LeBron James. They lost the first two. And after they lost those two, I was kind of tempted to say, you know what? These are just the same Lakers that we had at the beginning of last year. They're not really capable of winning without LeBron James. They're just a young team that's still trying to figure it out. And they really don't know what they're doing. However, last night they pulled out a good win against the Kings. They had lost to the Kings. um, I think it was one or two nights before that. Uh, But then last night they pulled out a win against the Kings. It was a close game for most of the second half until the last quarter. They poured it on and they were able to push ahead. and And they were able to win the game. So... They're figuring out how to win without LeBron. They're young players who were young last year and maybe didn't really know how to play that well. A lot of them were rookies. Um, Kuzma and Ball and Ingram and Hart, they're a year older and a year smarter and maybe playing along with LeBron James for the first 30 games of the season uh, maybe gave them a little bit of smarts that they didn't have last year. Uh, Definitely, of course, playing with LeBron James is going to be a help to anybody, so I think he gave them a lot of pointers. Even though he's not playing, he's still on the sidelines. He can kind of give them pointers as they're playing. Maybe he has even a better chance to um, give them pointers when he's on the bench. He can observe the game from the outside. Not necessarily worry about himself in the game, but he can uh, yeah, just give them pointers as they play. So it'll be interesting to see how many more games James misses and how the Lakers fare in the meantime. Um, So it'll be be interesting to watch that. Um, Now I want to look at a few falling teams and a few teams that are up and we're going to begin that with the magic and the pistons both teams from the east Uh, i believe right now they sit in the eighth and ninth seed uh the pistons in the eighth seed magic in the ninth the pistons just beat the magic last night um the magic are now four sorry i think i said that backwards the magic beat the pistons last night on that nice floater by evan fournier the Magic won. Their their record is now four four and six over the last ten games. The Pistons are three and seven over the last ten. Both teams started off hot. I believe the Pistons began the year um, four and zero. Oh. They won their first four games. And the Magic, of course, were on that hot streak in the beginning of their season as well. Uh, it's not looking so good for either of those teams, really. Uh, they're both falling. Um, at least for the Pistons, it's not really like they have injury. To blame uh, or the magic it's just I don't know if it's maybe a tougher strength of schedule or whether it's just a long season and not really a uh, for the magic maybe not really a clear star on the team to give them um, whatever veteran guidance not a superstar anyway they've got people who are playing well um, Nikola Vucevic for the magic he's been very good um, and also Aaron Gordon had a good night last night, and it powered them in their win over the Pistons. The Pistons um, have Blake Griffin. Um, he is, I would say, the most talented player on the team. Um, he's come alive from three-point range this year. He's hitting that as a, at a good percentage. I don't have the numbers here in front of me. He's doing well. Uh, as a team, though, there are three and seven, like I said, over the last ten games. And if they continue to slide like that, there are other teams, which we will talk about, um, one team who has a possibility of passing both the Magic and the Pistons, if, if the Magic and Pistons don't turn things around here shortly, and that is the Nets. They are 7-3 and three over the last 10 games. They lost their last two, actually. Before that, they were 9-1, and one. and amazingly, a lot of that stretch came without uh, Karis LeVert, who injured his ankle, of course, uh, a month ago or whatever, and the interesting question I have with the Nets is, can they hold out until Karras comes back. Obviously, they've been playing very, very well. Spencer Dinwiddie signed that, I think it was a three-year, $34 million contract with the Nets. So he's obviously uh, committed to them long-term. And ever since he signed that contract, it seems like he's been playing with purpose. He knows he belongs there now. He he has been balling over the last couple games. So he's been carrying them. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. Probably Karras comes back near the end of the year. Uh, It'll just be interesting for me, anyway, to watch, can the Nets stay within range of the eighth seed long enough that when Karis LeVert comes back, he can maybe help push them over the top and into the playoffs. It could be interesting to see them in the playoffs. Obviously, the Magic and the Pistons, the Magic haven't been to the playoffs for a while, so they obviously want to be there. Uh, Every team wants to be in the playoffs. Uh, And the Pistons, it feels like they have enough talent with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin that they should make the playoffs. But I'm not really sure, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Jarrett Allen, speaking of the Nets, he had another good block on Giannis, which was really amazing to watch. He's adding quite a lot of superstars to his list of to his list of names. Uh, he's he's getting quite the he's getting quite the collection of names. He uh, blocks Blake Griffin, I think, a while back. LeBron, now Giannis. He's he's tallying up these blocks. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if people begin to maybe fear him and respect him. Obviously, guys like LeBron and Giannis, I don't think they really fear anyone necessarily. But it'll be interesting to see if teams start to, if he can keep this up over the next couple years, if teams start to play him different, if they um, maybe are a little more afraid of him in the paint. All right. And there was one more topic that I wanted to talk about, and that was the separation that's beginning to show up in the West. Um, They... For a long, long time, it was only a couple uh, teams that were, well, it was only the Suns for a long time that could be fairly said to be out of the playoff race. Uh, Now you have teams that are above 500 all the way down to the 10th spot, which is filled by the Grizzlies. They're 18 and 17. Uh, The Grizzlies, there's another team that has not been doing well lately. They've lost three out of their last or sorry they've lost they've won three out of their last 10 the record is three and seven and they play the Rockets tonight which the Rockets are at home and if they keep rolling uh, I expect the Grizzlies to pick up another loss here in this game so that means they will be um, still in 10th place they won't fall if they lose tonight but it'll be interesting to see there is some separation coming out in the bottom of the west here Pelicans are in the number 14 seed. They are 16 and 21. Their record of the last 10 games again is 3 and 7. Timberwolves are 17 and 19. They're only, they're in the 13th seed and only two games below 500. So it'll be interesting to see if they can sort of pull out. The Pelicans, unless they put together a really hot streak, uh, I know they're five games below 500. They are, let's see, it'd be four games out of eighth spot. So they could possibly come in at an eighth seed uh, if they put together some good play, but they have Anthony Davis and who else? I mean, they have Drew Holiday. Miritich is out. That may make a difference once he comes back. Um, Even the Timberwolves, though, in 13th seed, they are three and a half, two and a half games, two and a half games out of eighth seed. So they could still make it. It just feels, though, that, there's a little bit of separation coming out. the Mavericks, a team that everybody thought for a while they were in the six seven eight seed area and everybody's like, oh the magic or sorry, the Mavericks can easily make the playoffs this year. Um, I don't know. they've not played well either over their last ten games, three and seven again. You have a bunch of these teams that are over the last ten games have below 500 records the the Suns actually, which are the 15 seed are five and five. they've actually been playing a lot better. Thanks a lot to Booker and Aiton and TJ Warren. He's he's been playing well. But the Pelicans are in 14th seed. They're 3-7. Timberwolves are in 13th seed, 4-6. The Mavericks are in 12th seed. They're 3-7. The Jazz, then, are 5-5. I did not expect them at the beginning of the season to be in the 11th seed. Halfway through the season, we're nearing the halfway point. They've only played 5-5 over the last 10. Grizzlies, like I said, are in 10th spot. They're 3-7. The Kings, which... I was really surprised uh, how well they caught on this year and how well they've been playing. They've been in and out of the playoffs. They're sitting in the ninth spot right now. Um, Half a game below eighth spot. They've split their last ten, five and five. And then we have some teams that are falling. The Lakers, like we said, uh, they're four and six over the last 10. Uh, Of course, that's because they've lost two out of their last three without LeBron. The Spurs are seven and three. They... Take a lot of twos, but man, they're still winning games. They're three games above 500. Maybe not winning like they have in previous years. Um, but if they keep up this trajectory, they could possibly still finish with 50 wins, which they have done for the last long time. Blazers uh, split a pair recently against the Warriors. They won one, lost one. They're 6-4 and four over the last 10 games. Kind of iffy. The Rockets, of course, are the hottest team in the league right now. 9-1 and one over the last 10 then the Clippers somehow they've gone four and six over the last ten, and they're still in fourth place. It'll be interesting to see where they place eventually. Um, for now, they're holding home court advantage. And then of course the Nuggets are on the top at six and four. They're only half a game ahead of the Warriors, who I think eventually will dethrone them. We'll see what happens with the Warriors uh, in the rest of the season, though. It'll be interesting to watch the Warriors. I know I didn't cover all the teams there. There's one more team I want to cover yet, and that is the Bucks. Uh, they are supposed—they're I mean, half a game behind the Raptors. They're listed as the number one seed though because their point differential is uh, a couple thousandths better than the Raptors. They are 25 and 10 on the year so far, 8 and 2 over the last 10. The Bucks are the legitimate contenders. There's no other way to put this. Uh, when they have a center in Brook Lopez who's shooting eight threes a game and making them at a very good rate, uh, that's just hard to defend because Giannis doesn't really have a shot, but he, like we said, other than Jarrett Allen who blocked him recently, there's not a lot of guys in the league who can actually go inside the paint and, and challenge him when he's on that drive. He can. Uh, there was a highlight, I think it was maybe last year, of him dunking from the free throw line. And then we have just all kinds of plays of him dunking over everybody um, and there, like I said, there's not really many people who can challenge him in the paint. There's not really many people who can challenge him anywhere. And if he, of course, keeps practicing his three-point shot and gets it higher, or even just his his two-point jump shot, he will be uh, a clear leader for for the Bucks team. And of course, the rest of his team is playing excellent basketball as well. Um, I don't know. I feel like I should highlight a few more of these teams from the East. Uh, we went over the 8, 9, and 10 seed, the Pistons, Magic, and Nets. Um, other than that, there's not really a whole lot of teams that jump out at me in the Eastern Conference. Um, maybe the Pacers. The Pacers, man. Nobody talks about the Pacers. Why does nobody talk about the Pacers? They are 24-12 and 12 on the season, two games out of number one seed, and nobody's talking about them. Um, they have put together an excellent season, they were without Victor Oladipo for a long time. Uh, well, a month or so, whatever it was. And they still won games, which is why they are in the third seed. Um, if they can keep up their good play, they have uh, a chance maybe to pass up some of the other teams. Uh, Toronto has only gone 6-4 and four out of the last 10, while Milwaukee and Indiana have both gone 8-2. and two. So I, I'm not saying the Pacers are going to end the season being better than the Raptors, because I I don't believe that to be true. I believe the Raptors will end in the number one or two seed. Depends how the Bucks play. Um, I think the Bucks are legitimate challengers for for that number one seed, even over the rest of the season. I know we're only halfway through, but I think the Bucks have what it takes to uh, to to end in the one or two seed. Which brings us to an interesting discussion: How does one through five pan out in the East? We have, but right now, as of December 31st, the last day of 2018, we have the Bucks at number one, Raptors number two, Pacers three, 76ers are four, and the Celtics are five. I think there's a big enough, between five and six, which is uh, Boston Celtics and the Charlotte Hornets, there's a four-game Gap between the number 5 and 6 seed. I think those 5 are obviously going to stay the top 5. The bottom 3 playoff spots are going to be pretty fluid. Right now it's the Hornets at 6, Heat at 7, and Pistons at 8. Other than that, I think the top 5 are going to stay the top 5. It's really interesting to see um, there for a while. The Celtics, of course, were playing pretty bad. Uh, They had maybe some guys missing and guys who uh, was kind of... Maybe not clear if everyone knew their roles or what they were supposed to be doing. Then for a while, it looked like they had figured that out. I think they had won like 8 of 10 or 9 of 10 there for a little while. Now they're back down to, uh, in their last 10, they've won 6 of 4. So I'd, I'm not sure how to feel about the Celtics. I certainly, at the beginning of the season, before anybody had played any games, I would have put them at the number 1 or 2 seed. But that's obviously not the case in, uh, in the first half of the season. Now, they are not. Anywhere near falling out of the top five. They're 21-14, four and and a half games out of the top seed. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. The 76ers, besides some of this noise that you're hearing that, oh, it's time to move on from the Simmons and Bede-Butler trio. There's a bunch of guys that can't shoot and they all need the ball and blah, blah, blah. They've managed to stay ahead of the Celtics. They're a game ahead of them. They're 23-14. and Uh, They're two two games ahead in the wins column, tied in the loss column with the Celtics. So it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out with the the 76ers and the Celtics. It'll be interesting to see who ends the season higher. And then the Pacers are even uh, a game and a half above the 76ers yet. So I think there could still be a, a fair amount of movement within the top five of the East, but it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe um, the Celtics trade away some of their talent for another uh, player. Maybe they simply trade them away for more draft picks. Uh, They've been stockpiling enough of those. And maybe they uh, move Gordon Hayward back to the starting lineup. Maybe they make some other changes and they go on a tear, which they easily could. They're a very, very deep team. And they could move um, up to maybe fourth or third. Right now, it's amazing. With all the talent they have, they're not even in home court advantage. They are just outside of home court advantage, um, which makes an interesting scenario for them. Uh, I think if it comes to playoff times, they have the ability to beat almost any of the top four teams in the East right now. I think if it comes out to a Boston-Philly shootout in the playoffs, I I still think Boston wins, um, which is who they're matched up with in the playoffs right now. Uh, simply because Boston has a lot more guys they can rely on, and a lot of playoff-proven players. You're not relying on Landry Shamet to win you a playoff game. You're relying on um Rozier and Brown, guys that have played in the playoffs. Gordon Hayward, who is a very good player, and he's rounding into form slowly but surely. Uh, you've got guys like that. So I give Boston over Philly in the playoffs. um, the Boston beat the Bucks last year, but man, I'm not sure if they could repeat that. I, I think it would take seven games to figure it out. I really do. So it'd be interesting to see how the playoffs work out in the East, in the West. Same thing. Um, wow. Playoff matchups, Nuggets against the Spurs, uh, with Nuggets having home court advantage. That's how the playoffs would be in the West right now. I would probably give that series to the Nuggets, um, Coach Pop is a great coach, lots of playoff experience, lots of championship experience. Um, Nuggets missed the playoffs by a game last year, uh, but they have been on a tear this year. Uh, Right now, the Warriors are matched up with the Trailblazers. We just saw them split a pair there. Uh, Each team winning their home game, I think it was. So, yeah, I don't know. That... I would would obviously give that to the Warriors. I'm not hesitating because I'm wondering who would win that series. The Warriors would win that series. Then the Lakers would be matched up with the Thunder right now. That could be an interesting um, playoff. A dynamic Westbrook-George against um, LeBron and (laughs) a bunch of young guys. And then the Clippers and the Rockets, which I would... I don't think I'm being biased here, but I think the Rockets would probably win that. Uh, Right now, they're only half a game behind the Clippers. The Clippers have been falling. The Rockets have been rising rapidly. They have cleared the takeoff pad for sure. So I think I would give that series to the Rockets. And then from there, um, I just said I think the winners would be the Nuggets, Warriors, Rockets. And I didn't pick a winner from the Thunder Lakers. I'm not sure. I, I would have to see that one play out as well. So then your second round of the playoffs would get really, really interesting. Uh, anyway, this is just an introductory podcast. Um, it's not a full full-length podcast. I would hopefully, maybe in future pods, this this is pl- I'm planning on this maybe being like a weekly podcast, maybe uh, every ten days. I'm not sure how often I'll be able to get a pod in, but we'll see. And um, so I would I would assume it would be about a half hour or 45 minute pod normally. Um, we'll see how, what kind of information the NBA gives us, what kind of topics it gives us to talk about, highlights or um, trades or trade scenarios that could possibly happen or that would make teams really interesting. I didn't have a lot of time to talk about a bunch of trades. There are guys stuck on teams that I would love to see them move. I would love to see Kemba Walker somewhere else. I love Kemba. I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's kind of trapped in a bad scenario in Charlotte, but maybe we can talk about that on another week. Um, so. I hope you listened to this whole podcast. If so, rate it and review it. And yeah, let me know what you think. I'm interested in hearing from my listeners. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of The Step Back. And check back in another week or so for a second pod. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day.